Welcome to Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion and culture with the personalities that shape it. My guest this week is Jen Rubio. Jen is the co-founder of the travel and luggage company Away. I'm sure you know the company I'm referring to, right? You know, the wheeled luggage you see at every airport now, that carry-on luggage with the built-in battery pack people use to charge their phones with, the luggage that Carly Kloss and Rashida Jones all use now, the luggage that's so simple it's pretty much perfect. Yeah, that company. Jen and I talk about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and how through incredible branding and product design, they actually made buying luggage cool again. Wait one second before we begin, I want to talk about your wallet. Whether it's in your jacket pocket, back pocket, or purse, it probably needs an upgrade. Come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's got that old movie ticket and a receipt from someplace you don't even remember. Get on your computer, get on your phone, go to frankclegg.com. Frank Clegg Leatherworks is a family-owned company in Fall River, Massachusetts, specializing in leather goods, briefcases, and accessories. They also make the best wallet, period. I recently downsized my wallet and switched to the folding card case. I feel like an actual adult now and not a clown. Get it in the brown tumbled leather, and they'll even monogram it for you, right? You'll be cooler than all your friends with their ratty old wallets, and you can flex till high heaven. So go to frankclegg.com and upgrade your wallet now. Miss Jen Rubio. Hi. Welcome to Buemo. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. I'm so glad you're here in my office. I know, right? Can <laughs> I can I say for a second? So I come into your office. First off, I didn't know that you have a little botanical garden thing down there. And Oh, that that stresses me out, that thing. Do you know there's turtles in there? The, there are turtles. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure how they're alive. Right. Yeah, that water is not very clean. I was just looking at it and I was is like... Is my landlord listening to this? <laughs> Please clean the pond. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, wow, there's live turtles in here. But anyway, I come into the office and I've been in here a couple of times um, because Mark Chu is a friend of mine who I met. And all of a sudden, there's like, you guys are about to outgrow this place. Yeah, we're five months into a five-year lease. <laughs> and we have, let's see... We have six desks left. Um, it's a bit stressful. We talked about it yesterday in our management offsite. Um, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. It'll be a surprise. It's all right. I mean, it looks I like just, people got a lot of space. You can just be like, all right, everyone, team yeah. player. Everybody, scoot, everybody scoot share your desk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we'll have a robust, a robust work from home program. <laughs> yeah. That, that's key. So one of the things I want to talk to you about you are the co-founder of a travel and luggage company called Away Luggage. That's right. You got me, not, th- not my better half. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With uh, Steph Corey. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about how this started. Some of these things I'm sure that you've probably answered and discussed before. Others of stuff we're going to talk about may be totally new. I don't know. But where, let, let's just go back to the beginning. Where did you, where's your background? More or less, where are you from? Oh, God, that's such a tough question because I've kind of one of those people that grew up all over the place. Um, I mean, how far back are we starting? I was born in the Philippines. Oh. Um, lived in the Philippines, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, L.A., London. Well, how about this? When, <laughs> when you meet someone at a bar and they say, where are you from? What do you say? I say New York. New York's home. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> New York is home. And even when I was living in London, um, you know, this is where I would come back for the holidays and 
my family's here and in New Jersey. Um, so yeah, I'm like an East Coast uh, bred person, I guess. That's cool. Did you go yeah. to school here? Um, I went to Penn State for a couple of years. Okay. I guess we'll get there. Right. <laughs> right later in the story. Right. Stay so, tuned. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to jump around a bit. Um, did you always have like a passion for marketing? I mean, what was, <laughs> like, I feel like everyone when you're younger, you have this idea of what you want to be. And then as, as you get older, you oh, reconcile yeah. the idea with what you, what you became. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a lawyer okay. for 17 years. Wow. Yeah, I was like a, I was like a pretentious three-year-old <laughs> who like wanted to be a lawyer. Like I heard someone say it once. Right. I was like, I want to be a lawyer. You're like litigating dinner options. Yeah, and, and stuff. I was just like, you know, like super argumentative and bossy. I'm like a true Leo. My birthday's in two days. Um, really? Mine's the 18th. Oh, yay. Happy birthday yeah. to us. Us Leos. Yeah. Um, I'm like the ultimate Leo. <laughs> They're like, oh, that makes sense. They're like, I don't even believe in star signs, but that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I don't know why. I just like had it in my head. And you know, when you're like a kid and you have this in your head, right? you think you're going to do it. Um, and I had this whole thing. I was going to go to Duke and study pre-law. And why Duke? I don't know. It's not on TV or something. Probably because I actually don't know where these ideas came you, from. You wanted those Blue Devil sweatshirts because they were the coolest thing in the nineties. Yeah, maybe I wanted that like a like a starter jacket. Yeah. Um, but it's my parents didn't go there. My um, you know, my entire family is like in medicine. Oh wow! So I don't know where this came from. Maybe it's because I didn't want to be a doctor, and I thought like the only other thing that was acceptable was to be a lawyer. Right there, you go. Um, cause I didn't know like what any other jobs were. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I um, actually got deferred from Duke, ended up going to Penn State, and I was just going to go for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> I got there and I was like, oh my God, college football. <laughs> and then I rushed to sorority and I was like, this is awesome. And my parents were like, cool. So um, pack up your stuff. You're going to Duke next semester. And I just never went. Oh, nice. Yeah. Never went, um, never studied pre-law. I ended up studying supply chain. It was like one of two or three schools at the time um, who offered like a supply chain major. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a major. Yeah, what's, a, what's a supply chain? <laughs> um, it's actually funny because every, like how we kind of divide up the company is, um, you know, everything that's kind of like brand, brand marketing, partnerships, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I um, I kind of drove in the beginning because that's, you will get there, but that's like basically been my background. Sure. And um, Steph, my co-founder, she's our CEO. She's like the most, she just runs like the company and is so incredibly well. And it's because she has this, this amazing like supply chain background. Right. She knows how to like just keep things going and push things forward. And now I'm the one that's kind of like all over the place. Um, it's, a, it's good you have a kind of a division of labor here. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very clear division of labor. Um, you know, it's very like left brain, right brain. And I think it's so funny because, um, you know, she'll talk to me about supply chain stuff and like I'll, I'll know what she's talking about. But I think everyone else in the company is like, mm, Jen probably doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> Do you like, actually, uh, my major was supply chain. Yeah, like one of five people. So scoot over to that chain. desk. It's now for two. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to share it with you. you like that? <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, so I, I went to school, studied supply chain and I personally had just always like, you know, I guess I obviously didn't know this at the time. Cause like th- there's not like a normal mm-hmm. like teenager who's like, I really love brands and the way people interact with them. That's like a weird thing to think about. But I guess looking back, like I've always cared about that. I've always like, um, no, you're not so much in the form of like logo t-shirts and things like that, but I've always been like very brand loyal very like conscious of like what brands I use and buy. Um, And I think that I don't, I've always been like that as far as I can remember. What posters did you have on your wall when you were younger? (laughs) Jonathan Taylor Thomas (laughs) and Mario Lopez. There you go. Okay. So yeah, they're they're personal brands. I was all about their personal brands. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I actually wasn't allowed to have posters on my wall. Uh, And then one time I did it and like did, um, you know, obviously like used all the wrong tape and then like oh, ripped, yep. ripped it off and, Rip off the and then I was like, Oh, that's why I'm not allowed to have posters on my wall. Yeah. Um, anyway. So these personal brands that, or excuse me, these brands that you were loyal to, mm-hmm. what, like, what were some of these other brands? So I went, I went through like a lot of phases. Okay. I was like, uh, in high school, like, you know, who knows who they are in high school, but I was really like, let me, let me find out. I went through like a skater phase where like. Airwalks. Uh-huh. Airwalks. <laughs> we like bought everything from Pacific Sunwear. Yes. Yes. But was very like loyal to that, you know. Okay. Like head to toe, like Burton. Burton. See, I would have pegged you for Hurley. I had that was a I had a Hurley phase. Yeah. Um, I had oh man, I mean there, there were just so many phases. I was also like a cheerleader. Okay. So there was like a time when I really stuck to that as my identity. Yeah. Like you know, like rolled up Sophie shorts and like, um, you know, like a cheer tank top. And jellies. That would say cheer. People <laughs> <laughs> right were like, I think you're a cheerleader. Um, but I think I, I also really just like would go, would kind of, I wouldn't say like pick these identities, but I'd be like, oh, like I, I guess looking back, I can frame it this way. I was always really interested in like culture and subcultures and would just like, dive straight in. Like if I was like in my skater phase, I would like date a skater. I would dress head to toe in whatever I thought were cool skater clothes when I was like 14. Right. You know, I would get a skate, I would hold a skateboard. <laughs> I was not very good at skating, <laughs> but I would kind of just like embrace that phase fully. Um, and then almost like kind of just like explore it. Um, and I, I was very, I was like very, very self-aware, I guess. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I would like know what I was doing and right. then, um, and then it'd be over. Right. And then be like on to the next one. Um, but I think that was, that's like a, that was a big catalyst for kind of my intro. I'm always interested in like how people interact with things. Um, whether it's like, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time like working in tech. So it's like, you know, how do people interact with like apps and websites and like, what is that user experience? Like, how do our customers at away like interact with our suitcase um, and kind of the, I guess like the emotional side of that. Um, so it makes sense that I'm the, the right brain or left brain or whatever side that is. No, I understand. <laughs> no, th- that's fascinating. And it's good that that's, you know, that's something that's really thought of because, and you know, we're, we're skipping around, but this is, this is totally fine. It's really you tough. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> no, I'm not a linear thinker. It's really tough, I think, in this day and age to figure out what it means to connect 
when so much of what we, like maybe you and I in the past, has been about tangible connections, right? Exactly. And I think it's like, if you think about, you know, what I just said, it's like I was going through these phases. It wasn't as if it was fake. It wasn't like, I'm going to be um, like a skater girl or I'm going to like embody this like cheerleader personality. Right. I like fully embraced it and was like, <laughs> I'm doing this. Like, and I, I loved every second and, like, and I just feel like I've lived like a million lives, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a facade. Right. Like in that moment in time, in, in whatever point in my life, I like fully embraced it and was that person. And I guess, you know, if you think about it, you know, from a higher level, like now that I'm older, it's just, it, it's really given me a framework for understanding how people like want to interact with brands. Right. And what makes them want to connect with brands. Like if, if you care about brands and not, not cause of like logos or price, but like, I guess I've always had this inherent understanding of how interacting with a brand can make someone feel like I would put on that Hurley shirt and acceptance. And yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm sure maybe some people are listening to this and they're like, no, oh, they're probably like, like, like a pose, right on. They're like smacking the steering wheel. <laughs> but I think it's like a lot of what we've built with away is like, you know, we do photo shoots and I mean, so lucky, like incredible places. Like our first one was in Panama. Then we went to Tokyo, Jaipur. Um, oh. We're supposed to go to Todos Santos, Mexico. Um, yeah, supposed to go to Baja next week. Just had to cancel it. So we're going to go like Italy instead. Oh, that's um, tough. Tough. <laughs> but it's like, I, we understand that not every single person who buys an away suitcase can go to these places, but it's about giving them the context of like the life and the travels that like the suitcase stands for. And I think, um, you know, obviously like I didn't, study that I guess maybe some people can study that nowadays but it, it's more of this understanding that like people yes we we have an incredible suitcase we spent a very long time developing it to really make the perfect suitcase right um but it always blew my mind how um luggage companies never talked about travel they talk about zippers they talk about wheels they talk about whatever material it's made out of they talk about all of these features but I feel like a, a big part of why people um, have connected with Away uh, so deeply mm-hmm. and so quickly. I mean, we've, we've been around for like a year and a half um, and have sold like, I don't know what it is, like $30 million of suitcases of some, or something. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think, yes, it's because it's a great suitcase, but they're also drawn into like um, this idea of like this lifestyle. Right. Um, and, and being empowered to travel in, in the way that we convey, right. in the way that we talk about. So I think that has, um, you know, obviously if, if you have a crappy product, that's not going to cut it. Right. Like cool photo shoots and like a great editorial site. Like that's, you know, you have to have a great product at the core of it. But there's so much more that people want. Like people want that context of, um, and they want to know how, like how this thing fits into their life and like how much better it can make their life. Right. Well. That's that's pretty fascinating. What's, well, and that's the and that's a podcast. <laughs> well, let's let's jump back a second here. What what led to starting away? Because from what I, and you can correct the story on me here. From what I have heard or researched, you and Steph, uh, the, your co-founder, mm-hmm. met at Warby Parker. Yeah, so we started at Warby Parker on the same day in August. Just of, right down the street. Yeah, right down the street. They've 
it used to be like a few blocks away. Now it's a few more blocks okay. the other way. Um, but we started on the same day uh, in 2011. There were like less than 20 employees. Um, she came on board to do supply chain. And I was, um, I started there to do their social media. So just totally opposite sides of the business. And I think it was because of that, that we like really bonded. Nice. We didn't really work together. Um, you know, I would like take samples from her desk and things like that. But I think we, I, you know, there was like a, a sense of like, you know, we work at the same company, but we're working on totally different things and, um, bonded really quickly. Um, but I think that was the first time that I kind of had hard evidence and not just like a personal interest in, in like a brand, but hard evidence that you could build this brand that stood for something. And, and, you know, we were a part of building that brand. Um, and it could radically change an industry. So at the end of the day, um, you know, when Warby Parker, when, when I started Warby Parker, they sold like, I don't know, like 12 pairs of glasses um, in a few different colors. Right. It wasn't like this, this, you know, incredible assortment that they have now and like yeah. tons of collaborations. Retail it was, stores and all yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was like a dozen pairs of glasses. Um, and they were, they're well-made, they're well-priced and all of that stuff that, you know, kind of draws people to buying a product in general. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, um, they had they had built this brand or they were starting to build this brand. And I think, you know, if I look back to those early days, I remember um, there were like a ton of Warby Parker copycats. Yes. And not, not like, not like, uh, not like other eyewear companies that were starting out, but like, straight up like taking images from the Warby Parker website. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. Yeah. There was one, there were a lot of like cease and desist letters. That's super awkward. Um, I was younger and I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Um, but I, I actually remember one of them. If you, uh, looked at their like terms and conditions, like Mm -hmm. at the footer of the page, it it said Warby Parker and they just like copied and pasted (laughs) it. Um, but I remember all of these and like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have like a, like a kind of super high level view of how this would affect the business. Right. Um, but I, I remember just thinking like, this is, this is insane. Like there's so many people copying, like, how are we going to stand out? Um, and I don't think a lot of those guys like aren't around anymore. I actually don't know if any of them are the ones that I'm thinking of anyway. And it's because, you know, you can literally copy a product overnight. You can sure. copy a website, but you can't copy like the way a brand makes you feel. Yeah. Or a story or a story. And I think, um, you know, I can, I can backtrack and think about how like storytelling has always played, like played a big role in my life, Mm -hmm. um, without even knowing it. But really that was like, Oh, this is, this is intentional. This is what we're doing. This is a storytelling focused brand. And this is what it does. Right. Um, to, to like the consumer relationship. Right. And it was like all the puzzle pieces coming together. You know, like that meme with like the, the math lady yeah. looking around. <laughs> it was like that. I was like, oh, a brand. Right. Um, so yeah, then that's when I, I've always been interested in like brands and technology and how people interact with these things. Um, but that was the first time I really got to be a part of, of building something. So, I mean, how did that actually happen? I mean, so do you like, I am Steph and it's like, I got an idea. Let's do this. Yeah. So I mean, fast forward, like we were at Warby Parker for like two and three years each Right. Respectively. Um, and we, 
I moved to London um, to work at uh, at a fashion brand in London. I was there for a couple of years. Okay, amazing experience. And I was I was traveling a ton. Um, we had like stores all over the world, and um, I was also leading kind of like their innovation lab. So I was flying from London to San Francisco. Oh my gosh! To Korea, where we were launching to a factory in Turkey, just like hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, wow. And I'm like, and I just always tra- like, I cared so much about, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to Korea. Like I'm going to find the best place to stay within my budget. Um, <laughs> best place to stay, best place to eat. Who am I going to meet there? And I put so much thought and, and effort into everything travel related. Cause mm-hmm. that was my life. But I had like the crappiest bag ever. And I never, never thought twice about it. You know, there was never a part of me that was like, I need a nicer bag. Right. And that's, it's not cause like, I don't like nice bags. Like I had like nice handbags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but your travel bag. Yeah. Is my like, travel yeah. bag was, but I just never thought about it. And then, right. um, I left that job. I was still living in London. I was thinking of like what I was going to do next. Um, and I was in Swiss, Switzerland. Yeah. I was in Switzerland and my bag broke and it was just like, it was such a disaster because like, the wheels were, it was like a two wheel bag. Ah, fudge. Oh, tragic. Um, and one of the wheels was already like on its last leg, but then the handle broke and I was just like, okay. So I had to do this. Um, I had to kind of like scoop it up in my arms like a baby mm-hmm. and kind of like walk across the entire airport that way. And then I was like, okay, got to get a new bag. And it went on Facebook and I, um, you know, did like the very like millennial crowdsourcy like yeah that's I mean, the thing these days right yeah yeah i mean or was looking then? for recommendations yeah now now it's like cool to not ask <laughs> it's cool to like know the secrets but um i was like hey guys like need a new suitcase what do you recommend because i did that like if you think about it, i did that for all of my travels like hey i'm going to seoul like where should i go i right. get amazing recommendations from my friends so took to facebook asked my friends and literally no one had a good answer i'd be like oh i don't know like don't get my bag or it's like Oh, I've been using this like weird bag that I got from my internship, this like Ooh. crappy duffel bag or, um, it's you know, Goldman Sachs on it. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> or my Ernst and Young orientation. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it's like this, like this thing that I found in my mom's basement or, you know, I had a couple of friends who like just had some very, like I have a Goyard trunk, like, okay, <laughs> I borrow it. Um, <laughs> but I was like, no, I carry my own luggage, so I cannot buy that. Yeah. That seems but, fair. Um, <laughs> But it was just such like, a, in, I think in a world where people are so brand loyal mm-hmm. and, um, and really care about what they, and again, it's not about, you know, having like, not, it's not about like wearing like head to toe Gucci. It's about people wanting to identify with the things they carry. Right. Um, and, and people want it, like people's things like represent them now. Um, and I think in a way that that's, that's more true than ever. Um, you know, people who sleep in a Casper mattress do it because like, it stands for something. It's not just like a really comfy bed. Yeah, that's true. There's um, a lot of comfy beds out there. Yeah, but there's a lot of comfy that. beds. You mm-hmm. choose that one for a reason. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of options to buy glasses. Like Warby Parker wasn't the first company to ever sell glasses for under $100. No. Like, but they, they, they made it feel that way. Yeah. Um, and it was also just like you wanted to have Warby Parkers on your face. Um, so I think it really struck me that, um, in this world where people do care about 
what they carry and and also care so much about travel mm-hmm. um that that no one had like a, a strong recommendation normally like especially um obviously like a very biased group it was my facebook friends so there's a yeah. like selective bias there already normally like a brand or a recommendation will bubble up to the top um which is kind of annoying like sometimes if i want to go to paris like I've already been to all the, like the three places that everyone agreed that I should go to. Go to this place called like lottery. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, But like we, I, it just really struck me. I think um, I was like, there is not uh, a luggage brand out there that like people really identify with. And it's crazy because a lot of people travel and everyone needs a suitcase when they travel. Right. Like why, why doesn't this exist? And it's because everything else, out, everything out there is, um, you know, well-designed, well-made, but super expensive, or it's like cheap and it falls apart, or it's just like something that's been handed down to you, right. just given to you and, and you just don't care. And I don't think I went into this being like, I'm going to make people, people care about luggage, but I was like, there's like a, from a brand side of things, there's a real opportunity here to, um, to create a brand that people care about and a brand that like thinks and talks about travel a certain way. Um, and then just happens to make like a really great suitcase. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as seamless as that. Like obviously my mind went like all over the place, but that was the general idea brewing in my head. So I, um, I think I saw the Facebook message somewhere. I actually oh, that's uh, so good. sent Steph a Facebook message in January of 2015. I was like, Hey girl. I would never say that to her now. But I was like, Hey girl, how are you? How's business school? Um, I have a, like an idea for a brand that I just want, I want to like pick your brain on. Cause like, I obviously don't know how to make luggage. Um, and she's like a, the queen of like product development. She did all the product dev at Warby when we were there. Oh, okay. I was like, what's a factory? Um, I was like, just want to pick your brain. And she was like, wait, she's like, this, <laughs> this is such like a, she was like, um, I think luggage is one of those industries where we can make like a meaningfully different consumer experience by going direct to consumer. And I was like, you're like, wait, did you edit this before you said it to me? Really? (laughs) Where are you? Um, she was actually in San Francisco, uh, like on like her spring break or something. No, it was, it was on her winter break from, um, from business school. And we just sat and we ended up, um, Skyping and we were talking, we talked for hours about how like the luggage industry sucks and how you know, she was uh, consulting for Casper at the time. Oh. She was, and I was, I hadn't heard of it cause I was in London. Right. Um, and you know, they had just barely launched and she was like, yeah, it's like this mattress company. It's the same thing as we saw at Warby Parker. And she's like eyeglasses and mattresses. It's like such a boring category, but they're doing the same thing. They're building this amazing brand and they're direct to consumer. So you can make, you know, a really high quality product and sell it for a third of the price. And I was like, okay, but I just like need a factory. You know, I was just <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but we really just kind of like latched onto this idea. And I was like, I'm coming to New York next week. Let's meet up. Um, let's talk about it. And I went to New York the next week. Um, I actually like tried to get in touch with her. Like I was there for like 10 days, for like eight days. She did not respond. I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Um, just take this back to the drawing board. Yeah. But um, on my last night in New York, uh, we she responded. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I like the skiing. Um, she was like in business school and was like not 
And plus, like, I think, you know, it's an idea you're kicking around over Facebook. Yeah, for sure. At the time. Who thought anything of it? Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's not like I was like waiting outside her house with a (laughs) boombox. Oh, good one. (laughs) Um, But uh, we sat down and again, just talked for hours and hours. And then I just never went back to London. Oh, geez. Yeah. I like um, uh, her boyfriend at the time, now her husband. Uh, was probably like, what is happening? But I just like slept on her couch for months. Um, and you know, it was all obviously like a really unique place to, um, be able to start the business like this because, you know, a lot of people have to think about like, am I going to quit my job? Am I going to, um, make the leap and, right. and become an entrepreneur? But I was, I had just left like a great gig. I was like, I had a lot of flexibility and like what I wanted to do next. Um, I was actually in New York that week because I had been like interviewing for kind of like VP marketing jobs at like a bunch of fashion companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, it, it was a real luxury. I will say that. Um, and she was in business school um, and she had a semester left. So we kind of had right. um, the luxury of being able to like sit on her couch every day and, and like talk about like the luggage industry. Um, but we did that and we were like, I, I don't think we ever made the conscious decision. I mean, of course we did because there was like paperwork and things like that, but it was never like, okay, we're going to start a company. It's going to be this. It just kind of snowballed into like we were doing a ton of research and then we were looking for like ways to do the things and the ideas that we came up with. And we we're like, oh, would we, could we design this ourselves or do an industrial designer? And then all of a sudden we were on a plane um, to San Francisco meeting with industrial designers. And then we we're like, oh, well, let's see if someone can make this. So then we were in China and then we we're like, oh, we need, we need money to like order the first, but it just kind of snowballed. Right. And then a year later we launched. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty incredible story. And I think one of the things I want to call out about that is there is, you know, what I'm seeing as, as you and I have been talking, like there is an unbelievably strong hustle that exists is there? Uh, I'm like I'm like leaning back in this chair, about to fall over. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you're you're calm and relaxed. But like your story in general, like that is something that I constantly am seeing, and I think a lot of people um, have this idea of, oh, I could do a company, or I could do something like this. It seems really easy. Oh, like I I want to disrupt. I'm gonna I'm just looking at the table, the the candle industry, right? Like the candle industry in general, you know, is so ripe for disruption. And the thing is, is like like when you tell me the story of a way, it happened because one, there was something that you cared about that you mm-hmm. needed in your life that was influ- like that was a part of your life. And you were like, I think we can do this better. And then just this hustle, this this you know, like sleeping on a couch and like giving up your job and then not giving up on, you know, on Steph about having this conversation over and over again. Like that's not, that's not something that people have. A lot of people will be like, okay, screw this. I'm going to just pull out my phone and go on back on Instagram. Like, and so I just think that like, that's such a powerful story of, of hard work. And I think that one of the things that I've heard from a lot of other people when I told them that I was going to talk to you is that whether you realize it or not, you and Steph, not only is a way becoming this, you know, phenomenal brand that's doing something, but also you two are becoming this, these, uh, beacons of entrepreneurship, <laughs> uh, especially with women and, and empowerment of women. Yeah. And I don't know, if, I don't know if we have like 
our own version of imposter syndrome because it just, it just doesn't, I think when you're in it, it doesn't feel that way. Right. It's like, this is something I care about. And that's not, I don't want to discount that because I think the, um, the caring about something and like the, the giving a crap portion mm-hmm. of, of starting a business is something a lot of people overlook. I think you can, um, you can work really hard um, and be really smart and ambitious. But if you don't really care about the thing you're doing, it makes it so much harder yeah. to start a business. Because if, I'd, if we didn't care about it, it wouldn't be like, oh, um, you know, like we had to fly to China, but we had to be back in like four days. Um, so Steph could take her finals. <laughs> um, and we were like, but let's just do it. And we like drove around China to like different factories. Are you, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was, and you know, we were trains and cars and like, you know, none of the factories are like near anywhere convenient. Right. So it was just like hours of travel. Like we were awake for those entire four days and then she came back and took her finals. But like, if we didn't really care about what we were doing, if this was just like, uh, we're starting a business for the sake of starting a business. Yeah. Like how soon can I, we sell this or how can we make it worth a bunch of money? Yeah. I mean, there's a million times that like I would have just given up if I didn't care. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I'm looking out at this room of like everyone that works here and it's insane. We have like 70 people now. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't know where some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> and you started, you said 2011. So we started working on it. I, I Facebook messaged her in um, January of 2015. Okay. Oh, geez, Louise. And we yeah. launched February of 2016. Okay. So this is, and it is pretty quick. It is August of 2017. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's been like a year and a half um, live. We were right. there for like two and a half years. Um. But it's hard, right? But it's not, it never felt like, you know, this is hard or insurmountable. It was just like, this is, we, we're really enjoying it. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's why when um, people are like, you guys are like beacons of entrepreneurship. I'm like, I don't know. We're just having a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's good because if, if you're not totally in, you know, enwrapped in that world, like it's easier for you to continue to do what like you're being called out for, which is just having fun and working on this company and building this company up instead of being preoccupied with, you know, what, I don't know, what someone from ad age or someone would say, I, I don't, you know what I mean? They have written nice things. Oh no. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't even know. I was I'm like, just... what did they say? <laughs> um, no, but I, I do, I do think, and I, I have seen this um, kind of as an outsider. Um, it is very easy. Um, and I have a lot of friends who have like admitted to this, like, it is very easy to get caught up in this, like, um, I don't want to, I don't know what to call it, but, um, into this like image of being an entrepreneur, because there's just so many things that you think you have to do. Like, you know, like you don't have to go, um, Instagram from Necker Island, um, to be like a good entrepreneur, (laughs) but you also, but also doing that doesn't make you a bad one. Right. Um, I just, I just think there's so many, I think it's like being a founder is like very hyped up. Um, and no one actually wants to talk about like the work. Oh, you know, no, that that's, that's, I, 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 not that I necessarily do right now, but no, but you know what I mean? It's like a lot of times it's like, like no one wants to talk about, you know, what did, what did we do last night? Like staying up till two in the morning to like redo an org chart. Yeah. Like that's, that's not sexy. No, wait. Oh, I thought you were traveling around with just this luggage everywhere. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, or like, you know, when you are, you know, people want to talk about like keynoting at like some big conference, but it's just like, 
you know, sitting on the train and like losing your slides. Oh, like geez. 20 minutes before. Oh, God. And like having to go on there and like wing it. It's just like, there's, I mean, those are just like two totally random examples that actually don't sound like very hard work, but there's just like a lot of like unsexy stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of like HR stuff that you just have to think about. And um, like, no one wants to talk about that. And I think everyone, um, and rightly so, everyone celebrates founders and entrepreneurship. And I think, there's just so many other founders that I admire and that, you know, we definitely wouldn't be here without kind of like their support and like having gone through fundraising and hiring and, and scaling and doing all of these things before us and, mm-hmm. and giving us their lessons. And we try to give back to, um, you know, we are, we're always like meeting with people who are just starting their companies and, um, giving them advice or I don't even know if giving them advice is the right thing, but just, just telling them what we experienced. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of that behind the scenes stuff that doesn't get celebrated in like a medium post that gets a thousand retweets. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, um, I totally hear you. And I, I, I do think those things are great and a lot of people learn from them, but it, I, uh, this like Silicon Valley, like rock star thing is so, is like such a real thing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's so many people out there who are doing like incredible things that just like no one knows about them just because like they don't have a PR team and they don't have a Twitter account. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So shouting out to all those people. No, no, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, one of the things that we were talking about earlier is this, the story of travel and away and how you were saying earlier that you have, you know, I mean, I remember when I was younger, I had American tourister luggage that I got mm. from my grandpa that was like kind of cool, but it, you know, whatever. And all of it was just about how strong it is. Like Samsonite used to have this whole thing that where their their whole shtick was like the strong elephant, enough, right? Yeah, strong yeah, enough yeah. to stand on, right? And like some of that stuff is really great, but it is interesting to me that there's yeah, there wasn't this concept of travel and moving. And one of the things that you've and this is maybe away or you in general have gotten is a lot of these. I'll put it this way: away made it cool to have luggage. When in general, I would say luggage sucks. And I'm beaming right now. No, it's like that's. I mean, we we probably don't stop enough to like think about this. Yeah, but that is really um, that kind of like embodies everything I was thinking of before we started the company. Yeah, I mean, because like like you know, and I was being a little bit you know brash saying that, but like it's not pleasurable with luggage. Like, there's nothing. You know, like I have shirts that I bought and I put in my closet and I'm like, yeah, I like that shirt. And also just like a lot of times um, the, the experience of buying something yeah. makes makes it worth it. Even if like, you know, I have things that I, I've only worn like a couple of times, maybe because they're like special occasion dresses or something, but right. just like the experience of going into like that store and like trying them on and like the retail environment was amazing. I'm like, I'm such a loser. I go into a store and I'm like, this is an incredible retail environment. No, that's Um, no, but you know, but just like the atmosphere and the people and then our interactions and like the way that buying that thing made me feel. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, that's enough. No, just kidding. I obviously love the dress. But, um, but a lot of that is so emotionally charged. Um, and you kind of think about that every time you look at that shirt or that dress. Yeah. And, and, so, and the, you don't have that with luggage. You would go to like no. Bloomingdale's 
It's a chore. You'd go to the luggage floor. You'd be like, they all look the same. Like, why is this one 600 and why is this one 100? Yeah. And why is there 40% off with an extra 20% off and then a 10% off? Have you opened a Bloomingdale's card? (laughs) You know, you're like, what's happening? Yeah, that's a a whole larger issue with the retail industry. But like, you know, so because the thing that I see everywhere now, like I was just traveling and I see away luggage everywhere. And I don't know is like, okay, am I looking for it? But like in general, like away luggage isn't like bright pink reflective sort of thing. It's not like we it's do have easily a pink spotted. One. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, but like in my head, like it's not something that stands out and says like, you know, look at me. It's, but. And we did that on purpose. Yeah. But because it's, I don't think anyone wants luggage like that. No, know? no. And, you know, so, but so I'm seeing these. Already out there, already, you know, people, you know, one of the big things is, you know, people, you can plug in your phone to your luggage, mm-hmm. uh, charging your phone from that. Like I, the funny thing is it's also one of those other things that I didn't realize how much I needed until I'd forgotten to charge my phone the other night. And then yeah. I had to walk over and then there's like five other people by the stupid Delta stand and I'm like trying to plug my thing in. And then the guy accidentally took my USB charger, but we didn't speak the same language. So I was trying to explain to him and then I just felt really stupid and he took my... I lost my charger. Yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a, he'll pay it forward. Um, but yeah. you know what? It's one of those things. And, and we hear it all the time. Like, because we designed the bag so thoughtfully and because Steph and I both travel so, so much. Um, and, and it wasn't just for us. It was, um, well, maybe it was just for me, but no, we really, we interviewed hundreds of people. We like really figured out what makes a good piece of luggage good. Right. Um, we designed like a ton of things into it and it's never like stuff that's going to be like the star of the ad campaign, like the built-in laundry bag. I can't even tell you, like I'll go to a party and people will be like, are you one of the founders of Away? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, they're going to talk about the charger. And they're like, <laughs> let me tell you that laundry bag has changed my life. And I'm like, oh, geez. oh. <laughs> but it's just, it's because like every little thing, it's, it's not like a, a, the, the charging is great. Don't get me wrong. Charging's yeah. amazing. Um, it has saved me and many of our customers on, on multiple occasions. But it's one of those things that you start to use the bag and you're like, wait, I used to be bad at packing, but like the way this is designed makes me a better packer. Yeah. Or like I used to like steal like plastic bags from the hotel to like put my wet bathing suit in. But <laughs> yeah, now true. this laundry bag exists and now like or now when I had like open, um, you know, when I opened my luggage at like at TS at the security checkpoint, right. Um, I'm like losing my grasp of the English, English language. No, you're good. Um, you're good. You know, like when I opened my bag at the security checkpoint, like all of my like underwear is going to fall out because it's oh, like geez. in this laundry bag Yeah, yeah. or like, I don't know. It's just things that you notice as you use it that you're like, wait, this, is, this is what makes luggage or this is what makes travel more seamless and more enjoyable. Right. Um, because it is a little cheesy when we're like, this luggage will like empower you to like travel better. Um, and it's just like marketing speak, but it, it really, when well, you start using it and you're like, this is so much easier. I'm not worried about it. You know, I have this whole, um, kind of group of guy friends who you know, they all like played lacrosse in college okay. and they like, don't want to be seen with like a bros. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Yeah. It's all right. Um, hey guys. <laughs> um, but the, you know, they, they just refuse to use like a, a bag with wheels. Okay. And they would like trudge through the airport with their, their like duffel bags and the strap would be like digging into their shoulder. And I'm like, guys, please just 
just support me. Um, <laughs> actually, I gifted it to a bunch of them. Oh, and they're like, wait, no, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, I didn't know I needed this or I didn't, I, d- I didn't know it could be this easy. Yeah. Um, and I think that because a lot of this stuff is just like, it's very th- thoughtful, but it's not like, it's not the stuff that like you'd put on a billboard. Right. Um, or like in a magazine ad. But then you start to use it and you're like, some the people who designed this like really care about travel. Yeah. Um, and it's good. And I think it's, that's what's helped us with like a lot of word of mouth. Um, I actually had this like amazing kind of like out of body experience two nights ago. I was, um, I was taking the red eye back from LA. And actually if you fly JFK to LAX, that's a huge away route. Like I've, Oh yeah, I've never been on that flight and not seen an away bag since we yeah. launched. Um, That's interesting. You which, said away route. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's been super cool. But obviously, like a lot of early adopters, many of our customers are in New York and California. Um, and I was sitting there, and I had had just like the longest day. Um, and I took uh, like I took a sleeping pill for the okay. red eye, and I I boarded early, and everyone's like walking past me, and I'm just kind of like drifting off into la la land um and i you see a couple of way bags and it's and it's it's it never gets old it's super exciting every time um but uh, but you know i am like i have i see it every time right. uh, which is great um but then this girl walks on and she has um she has the the gray bigger carry on and she's charging her phone with it so like you see the white iphone cable yeah uh, coming out of the bag and it's in her hand and you know she pauses in the aisle and uh, like behind me and uh someone's like that's so cool is your suitcase charging your phone and I guess she didn't hear because she had her headphones in right um and somebody else goes oh yeah that's one of those cool away bags oh that's pretty cool and the flight attendant goes yeah we see those all the time and I just I like want it were you like, that's I, me. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but I was literally, I was like, my brain was like melting because I, um, I had taken this, the sleeping pill, um, and then the flight got delayed. Oh boy. So I was like, like in sleep mode already. Yeah. And I was just like, it like really won't look good if, if I'm like, I'm the founder. So I just kind of, just kind of kept my mouth shut and was just like beaming with pride because it's, it's, I was like, these are like our NPS promoters. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Yeah, that promoter um, score. Yeah, exactly. These are like these are this is why um away has grown so quickly. Um it's like it's like the word of mouth and people talking about it and people like being genuinely excited about what we're doing. Yeah. Um and and that just there was something about that that just like like hearing a couple of different people talk yeah. about the thing that we were building and um and how it's like made things better for them. That, that was really awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the, the last things that I want to call out here that um, we were talking about is earlier we were, you were talking about how you would, you know, when you're younger and you're finding these clothes, clothing brands, whether it's Hurley or uh, Airwalks and stuff that like you had that because you Jenko's. wanted. Jenko's. Jenko's. There you go. <laughs> Jenko's. I, you know, it's funny. Jenko's were supposed to come back and they kind of never did. Like, Wait, I'm, these are kind of like Jenko's. No, those are cool. But I don't know. But it was, it was just that big pocket where you could put a two liter bottle in. <laughs> but all those things people would get not just because of um, what they wanted people to believe who they were, but they wanted acceptance. You wanted like, I think mm-hmm. there's a very vulnerable time. And I only say this because I loathed high school. It was one of the hardest things I ever had in my entire life. 
and I hated every minute of it. But all That's I wanted cool. it just means you didn't peak in high school. <laughs> there we go. All I wanted to do I might was, have truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like all I wanted to do is be accepted. And I think one of the great things about away, and I want to be very careful as I say this so you hear me say it in the right tone, that um people are now like being accepted over this luggage because now it's this icebreaker. Now it's this <laughs> thing you can talk about now. Like now, you know, there was a conversation that wouldn't have happened had this woman had some other luggage or something else, you know, like all these people chose to interact on that. And that was the icebreaker. And I think, and I'm really stretching this here, but I think in a world, in a society where people have never been more closed off and have never wanted to surround themselves around their own echo chamber mm-hmm. <laughs> more than ever. Like yeah. it's nice that there's things out there that people can see and talk about and also be accepted in. And also like one of the things that's great, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I always say this because I'm a huge way fan. Uh, they didn't pay like 10 grand to get that. Cause I can be accepted into the cool kid, you know, Goyard club. But I don't have 10 like, grand. Like stand in line for the Supreme Louis Vuitton collab. Oh, geez. Yeah, I actually thought about. Like, I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing it too. And I was like, you know what? I just, I can't. I'm not. Uh, and I just think that's really beautiful. And that's one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I called out is that you've, there are a lot of people out there that I feel like they can now, you know, be in and around with everyone else because they have this, this piece of luggage. This, so, I mean, I think that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I actually, in my, in my like Tylenol PM induced state, this is like an ad for them. Um, but I, I was like texting uh, a friend of mine. I was like, guess what just happened? Um, it's like, it wasn't very coherent, but he got it. And he was like, think about the conversations that happen when you're not around. Yeah. And right. It's like so emotional. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's very humbling. I think it's, um, I think in the beginning when there uh, were less customers than there are now, and there, there's always been like more than we thought, you know, relatively sure. less. And um, it was kind of like, we had a lot of people like customers writing and being like, it's like part of being like the secret club. Yeah. Like you see someone, uh, you know, at your gate with an away bag and you kind of give them this like head nod, like <laughs> we know about it. Um, but I think what's, what's also nice is that it still feels that way. You know, even after 150,000 suitcases yeah. and hopefully when there's like a million suitcases, like it, it still feels like, hey, we bought into this because it's a great piece of luggage, but also because we care about travel and it like stands for something that I care about. Right. Um, and, and that's what makes it feel kind of like no matter how many of these there are in the world, um, that, that it, still, it still feels good to be part of it. You right. Know? Right. Um, we're starting to wrap up in a, in a bit here, but I just want to ask, so what are the, what are the next things that you're, that you're working <laughs> on? And some of this stuff, like you may not even be able to talk about, but like, you know, cause I did see a magazine launch recently. Yeah. Do you have a copy? It's, um, it's called here magazine. Um, we really go for the simple names, yeah, that's um, good. but it's, uh, just so proud of, of our editorial team. So Ali Becker is our editorial director. Mm-hmm. Um, she came over from Condé Nast. Um, and she, uh, she had actually come in. She, uh, t- she had like a couple ideas and she's like, Hey, are you guys starting a blog? I have like a couple yeah. blog post ideas. And we just like sat in a room for 
this is this is what happens. You sit in a room with me and you just, <laughs> you can't leave for hours. You're like, I'm trying to wrap this up. Um, we sat in a room for so long and we're just so on the same page about like what was missing and like travel publishing and right. storytelling. And she just like got it. And then uh, a month later, she was like in her office working full time as our editorial director. And we're like, let's start a, she's like, I don't do a blog. Let's start an editorial site and let's start a print magazine. And um, last month we launched the first issue of Here Magazine, it has um, Rashida Jones on the cover. I saw. Uh, we went to Stockholm to shoot that. Again, this is not like a tough job by any means. <laughs> um, and and it, it's really fun for us because we, um, it's, it's a great, great way to just kind of like tell the travel stories that we want to tell um, and talk about the places that we want to talk about. And there's no one to be like, to edit the interview. Um, or like, I don't know how you're going to edit this, but, um, <laughs> you know, there it's, it's, it's like a great outlet for us, but it also, it's something that our customers have, have been wanting. Um, you know, people, I, I mean, you obviously wouldn't know this if you don't like write into our like customer service team, mm-hmm. but they will, um, you know, someone will be like, Hey, um, like I hadn't like issued my bag, like the UPS guy dropped it off at the wrong place. And like, I leave for Florence tomorrow. This is like a real email that I just read this morning. Like I leave for Florence tomorrow. Like what am I going to do? One, like obviously they took care of it because right. we don't want anyone like stranded, know, stranded yeah. or, or like missing their way back. They took care of it. But I'm like reading the email and then it's like, PS, like have so much fun in Florence. You just stop at this place. It's my favorite pizza place. And I'm just like, like on what planet like is yeah <laughs> like is is somewhat is this happening like we've just created this like this thing where um it's just people talking about travel right like if you had emailed like another luggage company about your bag going missing they're I, like I, well I, fill out this form yeah um, and, and we'll get back to you in three yeah. to five business days <laughs> yeah. um they're not like talk, and then the the email thread went back and forth like they were having like a real conversation like my friends don't even email me back this much yeah um <laughs> they're like having a real conversation about like things to do in florence and i'm like that that is really cool that feels really cool that we've created that kind of like environment and that kind of channel where where it's just like people who love to travel yeah. um and they talk about it but to answer your question from like 20 minutes ago, um, we launched this magazine, which has been really cool. Um, we also have a podcast called Airplane Mode. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. I'm out of the loop. I'm Check so it out. I'm so enraptured. Put it on the iTunes. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll plug it. <laughs> um, and and that's fun. Also, just like travel storytelling. Um, our latest episode was about falling in love while traveling. Oh. Um. I actually like recorded a segment for that, and then I I listened to it, and I was like, oh, we can't we can't include this. Uh, see here, that's the, so the first thing <laughs> I'll give you some podcasting advice here. No one likes the sound of their own voice. Oh no, no, it wasn't about uh, the sound of my voice. Oh okay, it was about I I was like I went a little too into detail. Oh yeah, about what happened. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, that's uh, I there's was no, like I was like yeah. you know what, let's save this one for. Or later, <laughs> maybe uh, for, some for sort my of, memoir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that podcast is shorter than the others. So I cut <laughs> my segment out. Um. But yeah. So there's a lot of like cool editorial stuff. Um. In terms of just like making things. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's crazy to believe that we've gotten this big. Um. And we still just sell a suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's one suitcase, a bunch of different sizes. 
um, uh, a lot of different colors. We've done some awesome collaborations. Um, and I think this is also really cool because it, this, uh, the suitcase has become a platform um, for these like, creative collaborations. And I just don't, I mean, we've done one with, um, with like Madewell. Yeah. Or like West Elm, but then we have some, oh, I can't even say what they are. So it's this, okay. The story makes no sense, but we can really just co- like do collabs with anyone because everyone loves to travel. Right. Um, and we've made like the perfect suitcase. It's a good like vertical. thing that's great for yeah. travel. Yeah. So, and it's also just one of those things that like, and this is actually what gets me most excited. It's not about like when I see um, like an Instagrammer at the airport, like taking a photo with, with the away bag, which is cool. But it's like when I see um, kind of like like a punk like college kid um, standing in line at the airport and then there's like a six-year-old businessman in a suit that comes by and they both have away bags. And that's really cool because it's like we're making something that resonates with everyone who travels. Right. Like it doesn't matter, you know, and, and maybe that speaks to like all, all the phases that I went through in life. But it's just <laughs> about it's just about people who care about traveling. Yeah. Um, so we want to continue to make like the one perfect everything that you need for travel. Um, you know, I don't, and who knows, maybe I'll listen back to this podcast one day and be like, oh, I had no clue what I was talking about. But like right now, we don't really have an interest in making like a million suitcases. Um, that was part of the problem in the beginning, right? Like, yeah, right. Too many, at, too many different SKUs. Yeah, too many SKUs, too many choices. You didn't really know what the difference was. Um, right. So like, we're not interested in that. We're like, okay, what, what do you need to travel well? Um, and we'll like, uh, we'll thoughtfully design and manufacture each of those things. Right. Um, we are also opening um, stores, which have been really amazing for us. Um, yeah, I saw it. There's one right near your office. I mean, uh, well, the one that's opening, but the, the, yeah, you have that's one in our, Soho our too. New York flagship coming soon um, at 10 Bond. Um, we have, uh, the Soho one was a pop-up that was supposed to last three months, still open. Yeah. I was going to say, we just can't, <laughs> we just can't close it. Like there are, there's so many people that like come in there because, um, well, like New Yorkers, obviously very last minute, but you also don't think about your luggage until you take it out to pack because mm-hmm. the rest of the time it's like under your bed or in your closet or if like you're really organized in like a storage facility, <laughs> but you take it out and you're like, Oh, I need new luggage, but I'm leaving tomorrow at six in the morning. So like the store has been really great for that, but also we've built like an incredible community around um, kind of our retail locations. We do a ton of like events and programming, um, like really random stuff too, like yoga classes and like wine tastings. Oh, wow. um, I mean, I saw you've done events in your stores yeah, before. Mezcal yeah. tasting coming up. <laughs> um, like Michael Angelakos from Passion Pit did like an acoustic set in there once. Oh, wow. Like randomly. <laughs> I wasn't invited. Uh, <laughs> like walk past the store. I'm like, what's going on in there? Um, but yeah, it's, it's become like a hub for, for just people who like love the brand. And, and we, we do cool things with our brand partners. And, um, you know, they might not buy a suitcase. Um, actually, they can't buy a suitcase during the events because like, yeah. the store's closed. But, um, but like, guess what? When they pull out that suitcase, they need a new one. We're the first ones they think of. There you go. Um, but retail has been um, really great for us. We did a lot of kind of testing last year and piloting. And, um, and it's, uh, we found a model that really works. And we're opening three more stores before the year's over. Oh, wow. A handful more next year. So, yeah, we're staying busy. That's, that's amazing. Congrats. Thank you.
Well, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time thank and talking you. with me. Um, is there any other things that you want to add or mention before we wrap up? Uh, don't. That's like a can of worms. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this has just been really fun. Oh, cool. This session Good. right here, but also building away. <laughs> well, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye. You've been listening to Blamo. If you like what you heard, leave a review. It helps let others know and discover the show. Subscribe and listen to new and archive episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me elsewhere on the web on Instagram and Facebook at Blamo Podcast, or send me an email at jeremy at blamopod.com. Hey, one last thing before we wrap up. I've been getting tons of emails from all of you asking questions about, I'm going to start this fashion brand, what do you think? Or I just started wearing this, or you should talk to this person, or you should do that. Keep sending them. We're actually going to do a special episode where we take all of your questions and answer them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're even going to have a few special guests come and give you answers too. It'll be great. So keep sending them on, and uh, we'll see you soon.